With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. To celebrate Marketplace's 35th anniversary, we made some throwback thank you gifts you can get when you donate during this March fundraiser. We took our old .com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash give tech. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash give tech. Death is big business and tech wants a cut. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. The universe of industries that make money off of dying in this country is extensive, and tech entrepreneurs have managed to insert themselves into various corners of it. See digital estate planning. See also tools that help you crowdfund funeral costs. There's even a startup backed by Mark Cuban that promises to turn a loved one's ashes or hair into a diamond. That is according to culture journalist Mahika Agarwal, who's been reporting on the grief tech industry, including ghost bots. These are chat bots that are supposed to help us process grief. She wrote about it for Vox and says there is a wide range of options gaining traction right now. So on the milder side of the spectrum is um, apps like Storyfile and Hereafter AI that are essentially interactive memory apps. They allow you to record interviews, um, and then they introduce an AI-powered element to make those interactive. Um, so for instance, if I was if I was planning my funeral and if I wanted my loved ones to have an experience where they could ask me questions about what was your favorite food, what was um, a memorable time in your life, I would be able to answer back. And then on the other side of the spectrum are apps like You Only Virtual, which essentially aim to recreate the essence of the disease. They're much more intense. Um, they don't have any disclosures about the app being fictional um, or how they use um, privacy data. And the founder basically says that grief shouldn't exist as an emotion um, in a couple of years uh, because of where we've reached from a technological standpoint. And, and what are the ethical concerns that have been expressed about that view? So obviously the ethics are really muddy around this, um, especially with the latter model, um, because A, vulnerable users most times aren't trying to figure out how their data is being used. Um, and these companies should put, be putting out a lot of um, lot more active disclosures and privacy statements than they normally do. Also, um, the post-mortem consumer protection uh, landscape is really 
sort of nascent in the United States on a federal level. There is no postmortem rights um, protocol, if I may. And on a state level, they really widely vary. So I think New York and California are currently the only two states that do have some sort of post postmortem uh, publicity rights. But even these extend only to celebrities and they're widely catered um, to the emerging trend of celebrity deep fakes that are being used to exploit and monetize the state of celebrities without explicit consent and they do not extend to the average citizen. Um, so really, it's a really nascent and muddy ground right now. Yeah, you know, I had a classmate who lost her mother a number of years ago and wrote about the experience of going through her mom's laptop and trying to piece together her mom's digital life. She actually got surprisingly a lot of blowback for that because it felt to some like an invasion of privacy. Is that an issue here? For sure. Um, so there's the question of, um, you know, whether the deceased gave was was able to give consent uh, before they died, which is a thing now. But for many people who have already died, you know, it wasn't a thing when they were around because it's so new and fresh. And the question of sort of inheritance and ownership and who gets to decide how someone's digital footprint is being used and re repurposed, I think those are still very active and alive debates in the Silicon Valley and cybersecurity landscape. And we're still trying to figure it out. We'll be right back. You're listening to Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. We're back now with Mahika Agarwal. One of the phrases that you use in your writing is death technopreneurship. What, what is that phrase? What does that phrase mean exactly? So this phrase was actually coined by um, the author of this book, Death Glitch, um, how techno-solutionism fails us in this life and beyond, Tamara Nice, um, who's a UK-based uh, researcher. And she basically talks about this uh, trend of death technopreneurship and how really around COVID, digital obsolescence really became a point of anxiety for many young people. And they started to figure out how their digital assets were going to be used um, or their parents' digital assets should and going to be used after their deaths. And that's when Silicon Valley entrepreneurs really started to seek sort of a piece of the pie. So everything from digital estate planning, startups to crowdfunding tools popped up and grief tech kind of falls into that trend largely. As someone who has spent so much time reporting on this topic, I have to ask, what do you think of the startupification, if you will, of grief and tech? What does that say about how people in the U.S. process grief? Yeah, um, so I'm I'm an Indian journalist and where I come from, we have really elaborate mourning rituals when someone dies. Um, so for 13 days, you know, the family and the friends of um, the deceased one gather around food and no one is expected to go to work. And it's a time when day to night, nine to five, everyone just is there either in a, some some religious activity, food, or what, whatever that form of community gathering looks like for your family and friends. Uh, but for 13 days, everyone sort of gathers to commemorate that person, essentially. And in the United States is an exception where no federally mandated bereavement policy exists. Uh, most companies give about three or five days to process the loss of a loved one, which is barely enough time to arrange a funeral, let alone grieve. Um, someone that was close to you. So I just feel like 
culturally, there's a lack of mourning rituals and there's this tendency to distract and avoid grief rather than process it and integrate it into your life. That was culture journalist Mahika Agarwal. One thing especially stuck with me from this interview. It was Mahika's mention of the grief tech CEO who said he hopes people will one day no longer have to feel grief at all. He is Justin Harrison, who founded You Only Virtual, one of the startups we talked about that focuses on creating communication that seems real between a living person and their deceased loved one. Harrison told a reporter at ABC News, quote, my mom could have hated the idea, but this is what I wanted and I'm alive, end quote. Not sure how I feel about outsourcing grief to so-called ghost bots. Grief takes different forms, but as Mahika notes, it does help people process death. There is more on that in her piece for Vox. We've posted links on our website, marketplacetech.org. Rosie Hughes produced this episode. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM.